Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Just as you sit down, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so pleased that you're here. Thanks, guys. That was amazing. If you're talking to an empty chair, just do it. It's fine. We're prophesying over chairs. It's good to see you. I'm not quite sure what's happened here. Everybody's sat at the back. I, I, I did have a shower this morning, but that's fine. You doing all right, everybody okay? So, uh, a couple of thoughts, really, before we kind of get into what uh, the message for today. How many of you um, got to any of the evening encounters, uh, either in Horsham or here? We had any, Anybody get to those? Few got to those. How many of you in the daytime have been able to just spend a bit of extra time kind of maybe praying, reading the Bible a bit, just, just being with the Lord a little bit more. Anybody had time to do that? You've been on holiday. Look at your face. It's really red and shiny. It's amazing. Oh, man. How many have... Um, if you're here for the first time today, then... then I'll know the answer to this already. How many of you have seen or managed to see the video from Pastor Clive last week? Has everybody seen that? If you haven't seen that, um, you can see that on our website, which is www.kingdomfaith.com forward slash podcast or video or something. Um, Because today's message is a follow-on from last week's. So if if the first time you've been here with Kingdom Faith, then you're blessed. Uh, you're here at the right time. Uh, I've, I've learned in this last week um, that God is really good at putting us in the right place at the right time. Even if we think circumstances are trying to get in the way or trying to hinder or try and distract or divert, how many of you know that God says he is Lord of all? Uh, he is Lord of all. Just certain the person next to you and say, I didn't know that. Jesus is Lord of all. And uh, it, it, just to share a bit of personal testimony this week, um, there's just been an incredible uh, journey of meeting the consuming fire. The Bible speaks about God being a consuming fire. And one of the things that I've realised in a brand new way is that what that means is what it says. When we've met with God and God wants us all to meet with him like that this morning and from this morning, when we meet with God who is an all-consuming fire, nothing else actually makes any difference. There's absolutely nothing at all in this world that can distract or dismay or discourage who God is because God consumes all of that. And my understanding of God being a consuming fire has totally changed in these last few days where I was mindful of this and that and people are doing this and this is happening and why isn't that working and la di la di And guess what? In the middle of it all, Jesus had to remind me, he's in charge. Now you may not know that that is true. You may remember it was once true or you may have no idea that it's true. But let me tell you, Jesus is in charge. Uh, It is not our Prime Minister or the Parliament or somebody in Brussels or it's not your bank balance, it's not your your relationship, but Jesus is in charge. And he is faithful and he is just. 
So day after day in these last seven, eight days, I don't know, time and time and time again, Jesus just means coming and coming and coming and showing himself. And the, and the, and the, the whole point of that is, is actually I don't matter as much as I thought I did. And neither do you. <laughs> what, I, what I don't mean by that is that Jesus isn't bothered because he is. Am I bothered? He is bothered. What that means is that we need to care less about ourselves and care more about him. Because the Bible speaks about our cares, all of our cares, we put on him. What, somebody's dinner. So this message from this morning uh, is a follow-on from, from last Sunday, but with this incredible time in between where hundreds, literally hundreds of people have been meeting with God for hours every day. You might be sitting there thinking, well, I wish I could do that. Part of the challenge, I think, is, is that we all have three elements within our life. And we're going to talk about those briefly. First is time. Say time. time. Okay, we all have time, but we all have the same amount of time. 160 hours a week. Everybody gets those. What we do with them is another question. But we all have time. Second T is Talent. Say talent. Now that doesn't mean Britain's got talent, kind of talent. It means that God has made you very, some people would say peculiar. I think that's a bit rude. Some pe- God, God has made you particular. Unique. unique. Thank you. God has made you unique. There's something about what God has shaped and formed you, even if he's not filled you with it yet. You are unique. There isn't another you. And if you're married, you might be relieved that there isn't another you, if that's your spouse. If, if you're a fr- whatever, but you are the only you. But God has made it like that because he wants you to be incredibly fruitful. Amen. And the third T is treasure. And the Bible says that where our heart is or is where our treasure is. Where our treasure is, is where our heart is. So, sitting on your chair, you have these three unique T's. Time, talent, and treasure. This has got absolutely nothing to do with your ability, with your intellect, with your education. All of those things help us do moving God's best for those, but it's not dependent on those. So this whole week, I think, partly God has been saying, actually, without me, like I said in the Bible, without me, you can do nothing. It's true. Uh, Some of you might not like to hear that. Some of you, maybe you need to hear that. But without Jesus, we can do nothing. But we're not without Jesus. If you've given your life to Christ, then you've got Christ. If you haven't, he wants to give his life to you. Because he wants our time to be full. Don't mean busy, but fruitful. He wants our talent to to grow and develop, to become mature, to become effective. And he wants our treasure to be satisfied. So this message is about how do we live, how do we live constantly in a next step life? Now, I'm guessing that all of you took steps to get here today. Is that okay? Otherwise, I just wouldn't be talking to loads of empty chairs. So all of you get the whole dynamic 
that there is a journey that you've had to, unless some of you live here. I thought Rory lived here. I turned up this morning, he was sat by the dustbin. Last time I saw him was in July. It's like, have you been here since July, waiting for me? But no, he's been in Mamma Mia country. Abba, Sweden. He's been out, out there doing whatever they do in Sweden. Who? Riding moose. Riding moose. He's been riding moose. <laughs> he has a pet moose. Not. I can't remember what's... Yes. <laughs> but all of you have come on a journey. And what does the journey entail? You kind of know where it is that you want to go. You have a sense of destination. But if you don't set out from wherever you start from, you don't have a journey. You have a frustration. So the journey has destination. I know where it is that I want to go. But until you take the first step, you don't get there. Is this, is this okay? Or is this a bit too complicated? So what today is about is, okay, what is the destination? What is it that God wants you and I to enjoy and to live in? I've got some Bible scriptures are going to come up on the screen. The first one is from one of the books in the New Testament called the book of Colossians. It's Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. And part of the essence of last week's video message and part of the whole... Uh, on a flow of what I believe God wants to say, and as church, what we believe God wants to say for this season, is he wants to, 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 to move your and my life from just making do, just gleaning, just getting what we can get out of it. He wants to move us from gleaning to harvest. He wants to move us from gleaning to harvest. He wants to move us from just kind of going through, if you like, the motions of life and all the challenges of life. He wants to move us from addition to multiplication. And then he wants to move us from just kind of having a sense of God and it's great and, you know, it's it's wonderful, from blessing to abundance. The Bible speaks more about abundance than almost anything else. The Bible speaks more about money than almost everything else, but we don't like that. And this message is not about money. It's about being fruitful in your time, your talent, and your treasure. God wants, as it were, to multiply what you are able to do in your 160 hours. He wants to be able to multiply this God-given talent that God has put into your life. And he wants to multiply the passions of your heart that God has put there. He wants to multiply them all. Is that okay? Well, a couple of people said yes. The rest of you just, just say yes anyway. Is that God wants to multiply, make us abundantly fruitful. But there's a reason for that. So let's have a look at this bit in the Bible. Steve's, Steve's ready for me. In Colossians 1 verse 10 it says, For this reason, uh, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So that, just say so that. You see, in this season, in this time, God is wanting to fill your life. He wants to go on filling it. He wants to continue to fill it. Whether we feel half full, quarter full or totally empty, God has a decision, he's a plan, he's a will. I say, I'm going to fill your life. I'm going to keep filling it until you just can't contain me anymore. In fact, I'm going to fill it so much that it's going to kind of put all of the challenges in perspective. It's going to put all the failures in perspective. It's going to put all of that in right perspective. 
Because me thinning your life is the key. It's the gold. Woo, hallelujah. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes life can feel like you're pushing concrete uphill. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Try it. It can feel like you're trying to push water uphill. Try it. But when you begin to encounter Jesus in the way that he wants to encounter with us, let me tell you, you'll grab that concrete wheelbarrow and you'll run up that hill and look for the next one. You'll take that water that's pushing against you and you'll push it back until it becomes a river somewhere. It doesn't mean you don't have a concrete wheelbarrow. It means you've got Jesus pushing it with you. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Because this last couple of months, it's been a bit like, oh, concrete wheelbarrow. Yeah, here we go again. And suddenly there's an all-consuming sense of Jesus. Just put your hands with mine. and let's, let's run up that hill. Let's run up that hill. And then look, when you've run up that one, I'm going to show you another one. And I'm going to put a bit more concrete on it. Because you're stronger. Come on. The world needs people like you and me. And in the prayer this morning, we were getting things like, God is bringing victory. Victory means you have to fight. Victory means you stand in the ground and say, this is as far as you're coming. It goes on in, this Bible, in, in the Bible, he says, so that you may have a life worthy of the Lord and please him in, in every way, bearing fruit. Say bearing fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. Bearing fruit means... You bear fruit. Let's unpack that a moment. It doesn't mean that we have to produce the fruit. We bear the fruit. We're the branches. We're the trees. We're the little twigs. We're we're sometimes in our head the most insignificant part of the tree that you can see, but the fruit is in the sap. The fruit is in the life within the tree. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to go and make fruit. It says, no, just bear fruit. And Jesus wants you and me to bear much fruit. Not just the odd apple once a year, but an abundance of apples throughout the year. Not just the odd good story of, well, do you remember when God did that back in 1956? No, he wants you to have a story yesterday. And today, that you understand, because sometimes we just have gleaning, and it's like gleaning. We end up losing weight and losing appetite, and God says, "No, come on. There's an appetite that I want to satisfy. Come on. We only lose our appetite when we're not very well. Have you noticed that? And Jesus is saying, "Come on. I want to fill you in everything that you will bear fruit in every. Say every." Bearing fruit in every good work. What does that mean? It means he wants you to bear fruit in every good work. Well, you don't know the job I'm in. I don't know, but does God know the job you're in? Have you let him in? Have you said, come right into the middle of this. God, you've provided me the workplace. Bless me in the workplace. (laughs) Because if we don't work, we don't eat. Maybe our work is to pray. Maybe our work is to be hospitable. Maybe our work is to open up our home, and some of you are doing that. But come on, let's move from just blessing to abundance. Because that's part of living a next step life. It goes on, loads of other things. It speaks about, about the power coming, the glorious might coming. It speaks about great endurance and patience being given. It's about giving joyful thanks. I believe God wants to release a joyfulness in this season. 
that when we're pushing the concrete wheelbarrow up the road, we're singing our hearts out. Not about the wheelbarrow. And not about the hill, but about the destination. Come on. Is this, is this, is this making some sense to somebody? So we've all been on a journey. We all kind of left wherever we were. We, we, we came here, unless we're here by mistake, in which case, God bless you, there's no such thing as a mistake. But we all had to get in the car or get on the bus or phone a friend or get a lift. We had to do something to get the next step of the journey. Unless, and I don't know, maybe you've watched too much Doctor Who, unless we just press the button in our home and we just arrived here. But you still have to press the button. In other words, the challenge that, I've, that I have, and I think the challenge that God has given all of us, is there is greater there, there is more there, there is more abundance there, but we actually need to do something to step into that. It doesn't just fall out of heaven. Uh, we sang a song a little bit earlier about the glory of God. It's all about Jesus or the glory, wasn't it? And God said to me, he said, you sing about the glory of God, but you are the glory carriers. For me, when I'm singing about the glory of God, it's not because I'm expecting God to come and do something that is like, oh, look at that. No, you are. God has designed you and me to be the glory carriers. So God wants you and me to be totally abundant, as we look at in a moment. Why? For his glory. So we have a, we have a journey, we have a direction. It needs a bit of movement. It needs some intention. To arrive at our destination, we've just got to keep taking one step after another one. And sometimes it can feel like we're going backwards. I don't know what I'm talking about. But sometimes going backwards isn't about retreat, it's about regrouping. So in one sense, this whole week we've just had, who's been out and witnessed to anybody? I don't know, some people might have done. A couple of hundred people have locked themselves in a room for four or five, six days, all in the presence of the Lord. But they've not been retreating from God. They've been saying, God, do something new in my life. God, I don't want to live like at that level anymore. I want to move. And certainly here on Wednesday, we had an awesome, an amazing evening. And I, I mean, you might be sitting there thinking, well, he has to say that. Well, I don't have to say that, because if it was rubbish, I'd say so. But it was an amazing evening. Just the presence of God and the presence of people. And when you have a room with God and people, guess what? Something's going to happen. And just the grip and just the power of God coming down and wave after wave of the presence of the Lord. It's like, oh, some people are saying, you know, where, where is the revival in Worthing? It's here. Where is the move of God? You're in it. Just keep moving. <laughs> just keep moving. So what's the purpose of this journey? John 14, 13 to 14, Jesus says this to his followers, to his disciples. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. And you, just, just point to the person next to you and say, you. Don't be too rude when you say it. You, you, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Why does God answer prayer to show his glory? God answers your prayer, my prayer, even if it is God get me out of this and God gets us out of it. For his glory, it's not to make you or I look great, it's to say God is great. And God wants to do greater things still. 
John 15 and 16 says this. This is such, this God was speaking to me every day, this scripture. You did not choose me. Well, that's good because I wouldn't have chosen me either. <laughs> and to be honest, you probably wouldn't have chosen you. But it wasn't my choice. There's two, two, a fact here and then a reality. The Bible speaks about this God, the God, who knows everything. Knows everything, yesterday, today and tomorrow. He knows every success, he knows every failure, he knows every victory, he knows every defeat. He knows every life, every single life, he knows it. He knows it. He knows how to hold every star in place, every planet in place. He knows how to put the earth in orbit and the sun to go around it at 364 and a half days. He knows all of that. He knows what makes up water molecules, atoms. He knows all of that. God is a know-all. Is that okay? Is that, whether you kind of believe that or not, can we at least agree? Yeah, God knows everything. And in that knowledge, he chose you. Come on. God knows everything, and in that everything, he still chose you and me. What for? And appointed you to go and bear fruit. Now, the key, there's two keys here. I'll give you the first one. First one is, you have an appointment. Do you know what an appointment is? And if you go to the doctors, dentists, job employees, an appointment is where you turn up in a certain place at a certain time and something particular happens. So if you want to catch a bus, your appointment is with the bus stop at the right time. Is, is this okay? Is this not too complicated? But God has said, there's an appointment that you have today to bear fruit. That's pretty good. So today, this Sunday, God has an appointment, an appointed time, to time, for your talent to grow, for your treasure to increase. Why? Fruit that will last. Uh, to be honest, I've, I've got a bit bored with people saying, that was a good meeting, what was good about it? They can't tell me. Oh, that was a bad meeting, what was bad about it? They can't tell me. The fruit of God lasts. And what I mean by that, it doesn't just last in, our, last in our memory, it lasts in our experience. When we meet with God, and, and we can do that in the next few moments, we'll be doing the next few moments. When we meet with God, it lasts. We carry something into the next step that we didn't have in the previous one. Maybe a bit more freedom, a bit more joy, a bit more peace. Maybe just a sense of all is well in the world that God's put me in. But it lasts. Woo, hallelujah. Then in John 15, uh, verse 5, 7, 8, it says, I am the vine. Some of you might know this bit of the Bible. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains or abides or dwells or lives in me, whatever depth you want to go to, he will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. That's verse 5. But verse 7 says this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is for my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. You see, God is reinforcing things which I think are a treasure of his heart. He gives time to reinforce, I want you to bear fruit for my glory. I want you to be fruitful for my glory. He's not being saying, I want you to be fruitful for your sake. He wants you to be fruitful for his sake. God wants you to have a fruitful journey with God. 
He wants you to have a fruitful prayer life. He wants you to have a fruitful uh, uh, worship life. He wants you to have a fruitful workplace life. He wants you to have a fruitful marriage, if that's you. He wants you to have a fruitful just journey with God, if you're single. He wants all of us to be fruitful. Oh, don't switch off. I haven't got time to go into the parable, the story, but some of you would know it. Jesus told a story of people that had talents, and here's the other two. And he gave five talents to one and two to another and one to another. And basically, I'm going to come back, so this is up to you. Now, two of those three people did really, really well. Why? Because they believed God and they put the talent to work. The last guy didn't. He just buried his talent under the ground of life, under the ground of time, and under the ground of treasure. Come on. We, we had um, somebody in the Bible school for two years. <coughs> just, yeah, two years. And I just had a conversation with him in April to find out that they're a chef. Which I hadn't told anybody. So they're coming back. Well, they actually are back now. Guess, guess where we're going to put them to work? In the kitchen. That's not because we don't like chefs. It's because there's been a talent under the ground of her life which is about to break out. And it may be that you're sitting with this God-given talent. Maybe you're just great at saying hello to people. Maybe you're just really hospitable. Maybe you just really move by the Holy Spirit to pray for people without making it a prayer meeting. Maybe you're just moved by the Holy Spirit just to be good at organising stuff. Maybe you're just, your talent can be anything. doesn't matter what it is. What matters is that we don't bury it under the ground of life. <laughs> that we don't just bury it because we're afraid that if we use it, it's going to disappear. And God wants your talent to increase. He wants to prosper it. He wants to grow it. So please don't undervalue what you have to bring. You, you are the biggest talent in the room. But you're in possession of your time and your treasure. Does that, does that make sense? So we find this story at the end of it. What's the, what's the kind of the purpose of this? God wants to work with your faith, your conviction. I'm going to sow my talent into something because God wants it to be abundant. I'm going to sow my time into something because God wants to increase the blessing on it. And I'm going to let God increase the treasure of my life because we know where our treasure is. Uh, we can't fake it. Our treasure is where we, where we spend our most time, our most resources. At the end of every year, if you look back at where you spent your time and resources, that's where your treasure is. Because where your heart is is where your treasure is. And we all have that. All right? It's going to be different, and it's fine that they're different, but let's not try and kid God. God's not a kidder. He wants to increase your treasure trove, your treasure chest, if I can put it that way. He wants to increase your time in terms of how effective that is. And he wants to increase your talent. Talent is about this God-given anointing, gracing. It's about the gifts that God's given you. You all have something to invest. 
Time is about our availability and our responsibility. Our, our times are different. Some of us are at different stages of life. Some of us are at the beginning, kind of, we, we're looking for a partner and we're looking for... Fa- all, of, all of our time frames are different, but we all have the same amount of time. You don't suddenly get more time because you're retired. You get more space to do different things with that time. Does that make sense? So, Terry's nodding, so he doesn't know what I'm talking about. But unfortunately, there is a statistic in the UK that a lot of men who retire die within 10 years, earlier than they should. Why? Because they don't know how to use the time that they've got. Because they've had a lifetime of doing this at eight and that at five, and that's been how they've lived and loved. You take it away, it's like, woo now what am I going to do with all this time? Other people, it's like, I don't know how I did all that while I was at work. Now I've got, I have no idea. All I know is, is everybody's got the same amount of time, and, and God wants to bless it. He wants to multiply it and make it far more fruitful. And our treasure is our hearts and our passion. It's our hearts and our passion. So our response from this morning's message is going to be probably quite different from what most of you have been used to. Uh, It might be a little bit, feels like I'm pushing a bit of concrete up a hill, go push it with joy, sing a song, hallelujah. Because I have four particular areas that I believe God wants us to respond in. And Pastor Clive set these up last week. First is spiritually. What is my next step spiritually? Is it I just need to give my life to Jesus? Great. Is it that I need to receive the power of God? Great. Is it that I need to see an expression of, this, of the power of God in a particular way? Great. Is it, well, actually, I need to get baptised? Because if you're a Christian and you haven't been baptised, you need to be baptised in water. Is it because uh, maybe I just need to go along to grow or to freedom so that I can really live in the truth? Because this last week, certainly in my life, that I've been kind of sharing with probably too long, is that I haven't really encountered the praise or the worship or the different style of music. I haven't encountered any of that. That's just been a vehicle. What I've encountered is truth. Because the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Maybe our next step is relationally. Maybe, you know, maybe we're kind of praying about, you know, who's my life partner? And it'd be great to get some tips from people that are maybe have gone through marriage prep and know the marriage course. Well, we want to help you to be fruitful in that. Maybe you are married right now and you just want to see, yeah, it'd be great if it was a bit more exciting, a bit more whatever, whatever, whatever. Not that it's bad, but God is saying it can be abundant. God's message, this message this morning is not because we're not doing a good job. It's because God wants to bless you abundantly, more than you ask or imagine. All right, it's not because we're doing a tough job, it's because God says, Come on, there's more. I want to fill you, I want to use you. So maybe that we, you know, maybe you just need to get involved in a small group. Small group is where we do life here, it's where we pray for people, keep connected with them, make sure they're doing all right. Uh, if they're not around for a couple of weeks, we know. Can we come and visit? Can we come and find out? That's how we do it. Woo, that's what it's about. Maybe you should need to come to the Bible school. Could be. The next area, the, the third area is in our witness. That's around, you know, do I need a bit of help? How I witness to my family, my friends, my neighbours, my work colleagues. Can I get involved with something like the homeless, like Terry was sharing about? Well, maybe that's where your talent's going to grow. Maybe you might not have time at the moment, but maybe because you just need to review your time. 
But maybe that's where your treasure is. Just, I wish I could do something with that. It's in serving. How do I just help serve? Make things happen. Make a difference. Can I, can I, can I actually say hello to someone without cracking up? Can I actually look someone in the eye and say, it's great to see you. So pleased that you're here. We do that most of the time. And for some reason, in our head, gets the Sunday. It's like, well, I can't do that. We can all do that. We all do that. I stood at the back this morning, everybody was doing that. We're either welcoming people there or in our rows. We're all really good at welcoming people. Come on. Yeah. Or maybe it's, well, actually, I'd really love to get involved with some of what Saren's doing and Andy's doing. You know, we, we're believing this season God is going to add to our number families. But not just going to fall out the tree of life. Like they come because we're praying for them and then we're bringing them. But what are we bringing them into? We're, going to bring, we're bringing them into a vibrant ministry for children and youth. Don't, don't get mixed up between size and effectiveness. Because I get lots of youth groups around the place and let me tell you, they're not that great at helping people live for God in this kind of season. Manage maybe, deal with stuff maybe, but man, it's got to be God-centred. Otherwise, it doesn't last. And it might be, maybe you just want to get involved in the band. You know, Rory's back. Good, you, know, I like a beard. you don't have to grow a beard to be in the band. I'll just make that clear. You know, Tom hasn't got a beard. He, he's put his into his legs, so he's tall. But, but you, don't have to, you don't have to grow a beard to be in the band. And you'll notice that when some of the other girls come back, like Jen. Jen hasn't got a beard, right? And it's fine. All right? It might just be that you love music. Might just be that you just have a passion to release God's presence. Great. Doesn't really matter. What's, what does matter is in the next 10 minutes, we've got four venues around this room, okay, which reflect the four areas that I've spoken about spiritual, which is over here. Uh, then we've got relational is over there, serving is over there, and witnesses over there. And they've all got people out on those tables who, who, who will chat with you about that area, but they'd also want to pray with you. Now, that, that prayer might look like whatever. It might be a prayerful chat. I have no idea. But, but they, they want to help you take whatever step it is that you intentionally decide to, to take. And it may be that it's not, well, actually, I, I don't know what it is. In which case, there's a little sheet there that you can fill out and take with you. But please, don't, don't resist excuses. Resist excuses, okay? Because God is calling us, well, he's calling our bluff a little bit. I don't have time. Oh, well, make time. I don't have talent. You are the talent. It's not in my heart. Well, maybe with some help, God can just release it out of your heart. Is that making some sense? So let's all stand up, shall we? Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.